So thank you so much for staying with us. Nine minutes after two o'clock. I was very, very keen to speak to this next gentleman who I'm hearing very quietly making big moves uh, where he is a headmaster and um, has contributed immensely to the community, to the school that he's running. He is Kulile Kamata and uh, he runs a school in the Eastern Cape, in rural Eastern Cape. It's called Nyanga High School in Ingobo and it's in the Eastern Cape and uh, everybody raves about this man. We just thought we want to talk to him because he's also been one of those self-reliant kind of leaders in a in a time of COVID-19, right? So when everybody was complaining about we are not ready, how are we going to re- get ready? We're waiting for departments to help us. Apparently, they were they were good to go. They were good to go. So he joins me on the line. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Mr. Gamata. Thank you for making the time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to my Lord. Good afternoon to the viewers as well, to the listeners as well. So let me ask you, how has the past two days been? We we have tried all our best. Um, it's not two days for us. Remember, okay. we started we started on the first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we, <laughs> okay. We, so we have we have had. I think we are now on day ten or eleven. Okay. Uh, and we are beginning to master this. But uh, I must say, this is a period. That requires extreme discipline. Mm-hmm. It requires uh, learners, everyone, to understand that uh, we, 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 the only response to this is behavior change. We cannot do things in the old way. We have to do the new ways. We have to have new ways of doing things, and we have to stick to that. Uh, we are going to have challenges left, right, and center, but schools that will that will stand up are the ones where there's a lot of discipline. How are the children adapting? I mean, you, as you're saying, it's quite challenging. It, you need a lot of discipline. How, how are they managing? How many students do you currently have at school? We have 209 matriculants. Sure. They are all at school now. Wow. Okay. Uh, we, they are quite challenging. It, it's easy when during tuition time. Remember, we are a boarding school. Yes, I was going to. I was yes, going to go there. Yes, yes. Yes. During tuition time, it's easy to maintain your social distance and everything. Mm-hmm. And then with the timetable has got three break periods. So at the first four classes will go at at the time for the first break. The second break for the other classes, and then the third for another batch of classes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, even in the hostel, we have scattered them in such a way that we adhere to uh, all the requirements of COVID-19. We, we're beginning to adapt. It's as a, but I'm still saying it is something that requires... You, see, you must just take the next person as if the next person is, is, is COVID-19 positive. Mm. Make sure that you are not close to the person. Make sure that you don't touch your face. If you understand how this thing is transmitted, then you can stay with it and make sure you do, you are not affected. But as I'm saying, it requires a lot of discipline. Okay. And and obviously you've had to adjust, as you said, you know, you bring in the one class and then you bring in the second class. What does it mean for your teachers? How is that working out? Are you rotating them or are they working for, for longer hours? What does it mean for them? No, I think the, we're not really working for very long. I think there's an extension of just one hour. No, we're okay. not bringing one class. I'm saying during break. Okay, I see. During break, we've got 12 classes. Okay. Uh, this grade 12 learners are in 12 classes. Okay. But the first break, only four classes go to to break. Okay. And then the second, then they come back, then I another see. group goes and so on. I see. Yes. So we're now still having grade, but we've got 44 educators. 
30 are having classes now. Mm. And then there's 14 that is not having classes. But we've decided that uh, out of that 14, seven are serving in the COVID-19 committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, that monitoring uh, day-to-day activities, ensuring social distance and everything. And then the other ones who are busy doing uh, compiling uh, easy-to-read notes or pamphlets for learners uh, who are at home so that we can get the parents to come and, and, and get the soft copies and, 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 read and, and hard copies of, so that they can do something whilst at home because we might not know when uh, they will be coming to, they will be phased in. Mr. Tamata, ex- explain this to me. Have you had to bring in extra teachers? Over and above what you ordinarily have? Or have you just had to have the current teachers teach, come into the school to teach matrics? Yes, no, we we are using the teachers we have. We have 44 educators. For other other grades that that are now adapted to teaching matrics? Yes, we have 44, but now out of that, we have 30 that are teaching matric. Yes, we took some teachers who were not teaching matric earlier. Mm-hmm. to now teach metric. Okay. But now, because we are changing even the sitting arrangement in staff rooms, yes. we'll take the new... Te- if, for instance, there's a new teacher for life science mm-hmm. who was not teaching uh, metric, then the person will sit in the same staff room as the other two old uh, life science educators so that uh, they, 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 they do a lot of interaction and grooming of each other. Talk to me about buy-in that you've had to get from the community to be part of the solution? Because I understand that, uh, as you said, you know, you've been at this since the first because you were, you were ready, you were ready to go. But you were ready because the entire community gathered together and, and made this their business. Yes, uh, we, uh, I always explain that uh, a school is a community within a community. You, you create relationships with uh, stakeholders, with all stakeholders, not just the community, with business, with former students, with friends of the school. Uh, you create relationships earlier on, mm. and then uh, things will, will, will automatically happen. You will get support from all of them. So we, we are an institution that, that creates healthy relationships with, with all stakeholders. Mm. We'll have a healthy relationship even with the local municipality and other, and other stakeholders. And uh, that is why annually, this is not just this yes. year, annually we'll have the community coming to assist. For instance, last year we qualified to be a marking center for the first time. And it was then that the community came to make sure that the school is very clean uh, because it was going to host markers for the first time. And uh, they did, they always do a great job. So I know that you're not going to take the credit because it's difficult to speak and praise yourself. But I mean, I, I, I'm hearing all sorts of things that you took from your own pocket money to give to students so that they can have data to continue learning and so on. Um, you're paying for some students to go to varsity yourself. We all know that teachers are not paid very well. I mean, that kind of commitment, where does it come from? Yeah, let, let me just correct the, the one for the data. The one for the data, we, we approached uh, people, business people, uh, in fact, let me, not say, let me say friends of the school okay. who are passionate about education. They are the ones who gave us 20,000 and we bought the time. But I have, uh, as, as, as written in other places, as, as I've already told that, uh, I have paid uh, some fees for some learners. Uh, I didn't even know their parents. I've heard that. The, the reality is that when you are here, and you see a learner who has done very well, 
and the learner cannot go to university and all that because of fear. You just go out of your way. Mm. You will get a few friends to pop up something. Sometimes when it's difficult, you just do it on your own. Mm. So it, it, it comes natural. I'm, there are untold stories of these things that happen. People, if you will go to graduation parties, ceremonies, people will be telling about teachers that help them and all that. Mm. So it happens everywhere. Uh, and you th- when we are here and we are observing these learners, there's no way you can't help. Mm. Um, you, you're saying that you, you know, you're into almost day 10 now and, and it's going. Is there anything that you, you would need assistance with? We, we are, uh, yes, we are always uh, about COVID-19 or about the school. Just as a school. I mean, I suppose are, you, are, you are living through COVID-19 times, right? Yes, yes. Uh, we, beyond, okay, let me just quickly say that. Mm. As an institution, there are certain things that we have mastered, mm-hmm. all right? Quickly, uh, we've mastered uh, rallying around a very powerful school vision that we created, mm-hmm. we've, uh, that defines us, that unites us. We've, we've mastered teamwork, we've, we're results-driven, we've seen our results improving from 2016 up to now. We are now a marking center. We've done a lot of things, but we still have challenges like most schools. The biggest challenge that we have is just simple one, additional classrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told that the minister might be coming to the school soon, so I'm, I'm quite happy that at least I'll have someone to cry to. <laughs> Additional classrooms, this is not luxury. Mm. We need a block of seven classrooms, and we don't have them. We were, when we started JET uh, phase, which is grade eight and nine, mm-hmm. we were given three prefabs. Now that phase has got six classrooms and we don't have a place. We have to change mini walls and convert it into classrooms. Mm. That is something that we're supposed to be assisted on. An additional hostel. We have a hostel that takes 450 learners Mm -hmm. out of 1050 uh, students. If you would see what happens in January, you won't won't manage. When you see parents crying for admission in the hostel, Mm. parents who... who, And you see, when you see a, a person... Uh, bringing a child, and you can see that this is the hope this uh, old lady has. Uh, it is this child, and this child must get good education and all that. But you, the hostel cannot take them. So that is another biggest challenge that we need. The last one is sporting facility. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, with this school that is doing so much doesn't have proper sports facilities like most of our schools. So those are the, our biggest challenges and uh, but we have what we can do, we have mastered. We continuously improve. If you can look at, at the schoolyard, we improve it all the time. We pave one place, get flowers there. We create a conducive environment, make the staff rooms look good so that people can just enjoy being in the schoolyard. I'm, I'm in conversation with the headmaster of a phenomenal school in the Eastern Cape. It's called uh, it's called Nyanga High School in Ngobo in the Eastern Cape, and uh, he's a headmaster that everybody's talking about. He he's got it going on. So this school um, decided to just go ahead and do everything themselves. I mean, they were getting stuff from the department, but uh, they didn't wait. They just carried on and did what they needed to do. But he's also, you know, everybody talks about him in the community about his sense of commitment to students, um, to his entire 
entire community. And as a result, everybody also came to, to heed the call when it was time to go back to school. They they brought in their own sanitizers and stuff and cleaned up the school. So they've been at it, he says, for about 10 days. But I'll continue that conversation with him in a short while. I'll take your calls as well on 0891-104-207. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 106.1 FM in Bombela. I'm in conversation with the, his, the headmaster of Nyanga High School in Ngobo in the Eastern Cape, uh, Mr. Kulili Namata. And uh, we're just talking about their journey as a rural school and how they're managing during this time. And, and they've been at it, he says, since the first. So they've been at school and, and he says it's quite challenging and uh, it's, it's interesting. And, and they also have their own difficulties, even though they're thriving at this time. So they, I did say I'll take your calls and your comments on this conversation. 891 Panda is calling us from uh, Johannesburg. Panda, welcome to the show and good afternoon. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Let me say something because uh, the person you're speaking to is a principal of a school I am a product of. Mm. Uh, Currently, I'm working for University of Pretoria. I'm proud to be a product of that school. Mm. And I have never seen someone with a passion of students and development like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let me just share this story. I have just relocated to Joe because I was from Cape Town. Okay. He would phone me every beginning of the year to go and pick students at bus station and to come and stay in my house, <laughs> take them to school and look for accommodation. They would stay until they find accommodation. And I would ask him, where do you, well, why, why are you, t-? And until I had to understand it, that at the beginning of the year, I become a parent. He says, Panda, let's come, let's raise money for the students to go to, to University of Western Cape, to go to CPUT, and then we raise money. Please, this student is on the way, take care, this is her contact number, this is his contact number. And I'm saying, he has been doing that. Now that I've relocated last year to Jobek, I'm sure he's still looking for someone to do that. But my point is, my yes. point is, we need people with a passion like this mm. who can go beyond their call mm. to be teachers, just to be parents. Mm. And those students, now I connect with them, I attend their graduation mm. just because of that passion. And we need leaders like that, leaders who go deep into their, who go beyond their call. And ah. I just felt I can't stop and not call yes. and share this passion, which most teachers and educators need to have. Oh, what a lovely call. Thank you and so much, And I just want to say to him, pray to Uma, so teacher Ngolom Sila, keep up the good work. We're praying for you. There you, Panda. There you, Panda. <laughs> oh, no. So, so it sounds like you, Mr. Kamata. Huh? It sounds very much like you. <laughs> hey, Panda. Uh, he's, he's left us now. But, I mean, he says he's in Joburg. So next time, call him for the students coming to Johannesburg. <laughs> It will be, it's done. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> so, I mean, your personal journey and your passion for teaching, tell us about that. Uh, I got employed by the Eastern Cape Department of Education uh, in 1990. I started here at Nyang, I was teaching commercial subjects. I must say that it was my first year results for matric learners. Uh, that was so good that my passion for teaching uh, escalated to the next level. Mm. Uh, I want to say I discovered a lot of joy when you enter a classroom with learners who are eager to get information. Mm. You impart that knowledge 
and uh, you leave them with the same understanding as you have when you entered. It's 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 an amazing uh, feeling. Uh, if you have not done teaching, you'll never understand it. Uh, I must say, I I I I always say I never thought I was going to be a teacher. I'm actually I think I'm wired like uh, for business. I but I have decided to use my business management skills in in education, and uh, here am I. Leonard, you calling us from Nigel? Good afternoon. Afternoon. How are you, ma'am? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead, Leonard. Wow, I, I, I just got inspired by this gentleman. This school principal from Inyanga. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes, I mean, uh, the man is oozing with confidence. I mean, uh, when you hear him speaking like what he just said, I'm not surprised with the results that they've just received, they, 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 they attained, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's so inspiring to hear, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not a teacher, I, I don't know their environment, but uh, uh, looking from afar, you can see that uh, these guys, most of the time, they need to be, you know, uh, inspired. And this guy is so self-driven. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if we have teachers like him in the country, wow, our schools will go very, very high. The sky's the limit. Yep. I'm so inspired, and uh, I want to say to him, congratulations. Keep it up, and this is just a good work. It's inspiring us. As a parent, you know, you wish that your child would be in that school. Leonard, lovely call. Thank you so much. We've got a voice note, uh, and let me just play this for you, Mr. Tomata. Afternoon, Pumla Mandini. Uh, it's Mr. Sidanga here from Batawas. Uh The speaker on your show is such an inspiration to all other teachers and principals around the country. It is what I was saying last time to say, you know, if the government can just give schools all the funds and stop centralizing everything and just give schools all the funds, give principals all the funds to do the job, you can see the improvement in our country in terms of schools infrastructure and progress. Because a lot of principals are good at what they are doing. The problem is the government. They are centralizing the system and it's causing a lot of chaos to schools. Wow. Bianca, let me give you the last word. You call from Loli. Hi. Yes, Camilo. I'm so inspired by the principal. I'm mm. so proud. I wish I wish we have leaders like that mm-hmm. in our country. We need them, especially in this difficult time. Yeah. I was one of the people also who helped in Mutewo here in Loli, mm-hmm. where we have to go and clean the school, also so that on the first. So when I hear your story, I was like, yes, 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 we can do it. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. The principal. Thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, that's very heartwarming, Mr. Tomata. And, and let me tell you this. I can tell you if I was in the same province as you, I'd be sending my children to your school. You really are an inspiration. And I think um, we don't uh, reach out enough to people like yourselves. You've heard all the comments that have come through. And in fact, some of them I haven't even read. There are lots of um, messages that have come through that are saying you're an inspiration. And one, in fact, is saying you run the school like a university. And and I'm also so told that it's part of your ambition to make this a world-class facility and a world-class institution. We're really proud of you. And, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Last word, last word, Pamela. Mm. 
I'm 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 now at Gertrude Shop, a primary in Port Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I had a two-hour session with educators, the principal, SMT, and educators to come and just uh, bring some inspiration to the school. Mm-hmm. So this is work that I do. I traveled all the way from Angola to here, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm talk, talking to you right in their premises. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for inviting Appreciate me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's Mr. Kulile Amata, who's a headmaster of Nyanga High School, Engobo, in the Eastern Cape. What an inspiration. 2.30, let's go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in headlines.